0: Are you tired of missing day two at a GP by only one match? Are you tired of missing top eight on tiebreakers? Yeah, so are we. And that's why we're the B team.
1: Perfect, I'm just who I am. Is that okay? Perfect's
2: overdone and overplanned.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Bench. This is episode 18. Um as always, I'm your host, Alex Mangone, joined with me by my co-hosts. Joe. So we have our latest member of the B team here with us uh this episode. Uh Alan, say hi to everyone.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Alan, the latest member of the B team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you aboard. Thank you for accepting our
2: invitation. Make your dues check payable to me, um, $1,000 annually, and uh, don't worry about anything else. Yep, we'll take care of the rest. Can uh, I make it in
1: monthly installments, please?
2: Sure. Uh, there's a 10% upcharge for that. Okay. Yeah, you know, processing okay. and stuff. <laughs> uh
0: so uh So, some things have happened since the last time we recorded. Um, one of the things that caught my eye was that, have you guys seen uh, BBD's uh, latest article from TCG Player. I don't read
2: anything on TCG Player because it's difficult to get to.
0: Uh that's fair. That's most fair. Please, if you could fix your layout, TCG Player, we would be so happy.
2: Yeah. Until then, I'll just buy cards from you.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm still waiting on a few to come in myself. Um. Yeah. So BBD wrote an article uh, with the title uh, "Better to be correct than right." Um. So this is a pretty typical uh, level up article, like how to improve your play, you know, just how to be a better magic player in general. Um, And I will say that this is probably going to be on the list of like must reads. Um, Throughout the article, he basically is talking about how when it's always better to be correct than right. And now that might sound like an odd comparison or an odd, you know, an odd thing to try and be. Uh, So being correct is essentially always doing Like the best play, playing the best deck, um, regardless of your own emotions. Uh, Wanting to be right is, he put it down as uh, wanting your ideas to be, you know, the right ones. Uh, Your decks, your lines of play. Um, And so one of the things that he said that was his biggest, like, turn the corner moments was when he realized that he needed to stop trying to be you know, the smartest person in the room. Stop trying to be the one who always comes up with his or always wins, you know, with his own deck and his own tech. Um, And to when someone says, hey, man, I don't think this is right um, to accept that criticism and sort of weigh it against his own experiences. Um, The link for the article will be up in the show notes. uh, But to anyone listening, I highly recommend giving it a read. Uh, It was super interesting. What do you guys think?
2: It's something that when I was testing with Team Hard Knocks, they were very big on, Uh is it doesn't matter if what you think is right is right. You always try to make the most correct play. You always try to play the most correct deck list for the meta you expect. Um, Honestly, they would go into it for hours and hours on end. Sure. And it would be stuff that I thought was irrelevant. Should I play three copies of this or two copies of this and a blank? And it's like does it really matter? But it does. And yeah. you get very small percentages, like half a percent, but I guess there's a reason they keep going to the pro tour and I keep not playing so. day two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at least I make day 2.
0: Um
1: Hey, I've made day 2 now too. You can't hold- you I have
0: as well.
2: Yeah. You- All
1: three of us have made day
0: 2. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You can't hold that break. over me anymore, Joe.
2: Now all we have to do is make top eight.
1: That's right. Alex is ahead of us on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will say the main issue I have with what you're talking about in this, in this article is regardless of what the meta is looking like, I'm always going to play Merfolk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that may be correct for you. If you are getting very little play test time, um, or your pool of cards simply wouldn't support something else that may be what is correct. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would love to play Abzan, but I can't really play premium Abzan, so it's best for me to not.
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of players, card availability plays a huge factor um, in this whole conundrum of whether to be right or correct. Um, I know it is for me. Um, like for regionals, for example, I'm hoping that. Uh, Ad nauseum is the correct deck to play, um but it end up, might just be the right deck for me because uh, simply I can't, you know, audible that easily between modern decks. And I know a lot of people can't.
2: Yeah, I used to be able to build literally any deck I wanted to build in modern, and uh now I can very simply build Burn Zoo and Boggles. So
0: hey, those aren't you know, bad places to be.
2: They aren't. They're very opposite places to be. I think. Um, as far as the way they interact, oh yeah, so, or or don't
0: interact, I guess. There you go.
1: <laughs> About to have to correct you there, Joe.
0: Yeah, I don't like interacting. It's overrated. Says the Belcher player. Why does this not surprise me at all? Uh, I'm never playing Belcher again. Joe, after every event you play Belcher, you always say that. And how many events have you played Belcher? A bunch. Yeah. But I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I know. That's mm-hmm. why we told you to play Belcher at the GP. Oh <laughs> yeah, Thanks, guys. Because we know you, Joe. We know what you want.
2: Yeah. It's not what I want. It's what I needed. <laughs> I was 86% with Burn online before. I don't know why I played Belcher.
0: Because you were very impressionable that night.
2: Yeah, I still am.
0: <laughs> I was being right,
2: but not correct, I suppose. <laughs> Indeed.
0: So, uh, also this past weekend, we had uh, two Grand Prix go on. Uh, we had uh, GP Prague and GP San Jose. Uh, both of them were Aether Revolt sealed. Uh, I guess people wanted to get ready for the Pro Tour that's happening next weekend. Uh, so, Joe, you were telling us about some broken sealed pools from GP Prague?
2: Uh, a broken sealed pool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I watched part of GP Prague. And I have a gripe about it, and I'll get to that later. I have a gripe about everything. Uh, There was a couple of problems at GP Prague. One, the uh, building caught on fire.
0: Yeah, I saw that Um, on Twitter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was pretty rough. Like a concession stand caught on fire. The entire building had to be evacuated. Uh, I hear the judges did a great job staying calm and getting every, like I think there are 2,000-something players, getting them all out of the building in an orderly fashion. And making sure everybody had their stuff, like nobody had to leave their stuff behind. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, but uh, no, it it. <laughs> there are pictures here. Maybe we can put a link in the show notes. But uh, yeah, yeah, it it was pretty pretty big fire. Uh, only injuries were a couple of workers that tried to put the fire out with fire extinguisher. But uh, hmm. so the Pro Tour, I guess, is in Prague. Uh, it's in Dublin. Dublin, so it's relatively close. Yeah. Practically
1: the same place. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, on a worldwide scale, it's. I mean, you're close. It's pretty cheap to
0: fly around here. Yeah,
1: Europe's like the size of Florida, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like the difference between
1: like New York City and like Mobile, Alabama. (laughs) Ooh, that's. Those are very different places. I think there's actually a very big difference there, but distance-wise, I think is what you're talking about. Oh geez.
2: Oh, but there were fifty-four. Pros, Hall of Famers, or Platinum Pros uh-huh. in this event. There are 54 players with three round buys, which. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty, pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that's pretty stacked but
2: The highlight of this thing was a player. I don't remember his name. Hmm. I ain't going to bother looking it up. Probably doesn't matter. This guy opened a sealed pool. And this pool is stupid. He opened a smuggler's copter. Pretty good. He opened a Nissa. Better. Uh, he opened what's the name of the card? Rishkar.
0: Yeah, Rishkar.
2: Yeah. He opened a Rishkar. He opened a Yehini. He opened a Hangerback Walker, the real Hangerback Walker. He opened a Masterpiece. Two Life Crafters Bestiaries? Uh-huh. Bestiary. Whatever. Yeah,
0: that card's silly.
2: Two, wow. Yeah. Two Winding Constrictors, two Ridge Scale Tuskers, uh, I mean, this deck is busted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, some some of the rhinos also. The Oh, the thriving
1: rhino. Yeah. Looked like 1-1 counters dot deck, basically. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah,
2: and double them with the
1: constrictor. So, Right. (laughs) Oh, that's insane. Hanger backwalker becomes crazy. Like, oh,
0: that's a constructed deck. Like, I am literally playing that deck in standard right now. Yeah, forty card constructed,
2: uh, <laughs> but he he did lose a match to apparently a teammate. I think it said, "Uh huh." Um, yeah, a team member. So man, but he, he was on camera during round seven, and that really piqued my interest. Um, when he's like smugglers copter Nissa, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> GG!" But uh, he did not go nine zero. There were three nine zero players, um, and none of them won. So wow do we uh eh, I won't go into my gripes shit. I'll save that for the end. But um okay. Is it is pretty interesting for a sealed for a sealed grand prix. It was yeah, yeah. Interesting to watch. I watched it instead of SCG.
0: Um I was tuning into SCG coverage uh for a little bit there. Um mainly because there was a potential of one guy winning 3 opens in a row. Um so I wanted to see how that played out. Did he do it? Sadly not. Um, And really, my interest was because when he won, so he won the uh, last week's open with the black green um, aggro deck or with the delirium deck. And uh, Cedric Phillips tweeted that if this guy won his third open in a row, he would eat his hat. (laughs) Um, And so it was basically just watching him. Um, so I didn't watch day two of the event, but day one, he went undefeated. Oh, (sighs) yeah. That's a um, good start. Yeah, it's a really good start. So everyone was giving uh, Cedric a whole bunch of crap on Twitter, just uh, tweeting him pictures of various hats that he could eat and suggesting different ways of preparing the hat. Seems fair. Yeah. Um, and even, so it was, uh, Matthias Hunt and uh, Ryan Overturf commentating and they would poke. They would make jabs at Cedric every time this guy was on camera and just destroying his opponent. Um, but from what I remember from the standings, he did not have a good day too, because uh, he didn't he didn't top eight. Which I that's a that's a bad feeling.
2: <laughs> yes, I would think going undefeated and then not making top eight would be miserable.
0: Oh uh, yeah, just yeah. feeling
2: it slip away.
0: Yep, with every loss.
2: That's why I never do that well. I don't want to feel that way.
0: <laughs> you know, I guess that. Kinda of happened to me, but I don't really feel bad about it, so meh.
2: I mean, they gave you money, so they it's okay. gave you
0: money. So that made it all better. <laughs> but um one of the stories that caught my eye from the other GPs, um in GP San Jose, uh Paul Chian was playing, it's in his backyard, um, and he was just on a tear for most of the tournament. Um, like he ate one day one um, and he was doing very, pretty well, uh, in day two to, I think he took some losses in the draft portion. Um, and so good guy, Cheon ends up, uh, scooping, um, his opponent in the last round into, uh, the top 16, which gave this guy his first invite to the pro tour. Um, so he was like, you know what I can be f-, like, he ended up uh, top 64ing. So I think he got one pro point out of it. But he was just like, ah, it's not worth it for me to, like, only top 16 because he was out of contention for top 8. So, uh, Paul scooped the guy into the Pro Tour. So, shout out to Paul. Yeah, oh, no, that cool.
2: pretty nice. I would have tried to dream crush, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> like, oh, I'm not going to concede to you. No, I want to beat you. I refuse. <laughs> 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 um. So, yeah. So, with the Open happening this weekend... Um, so I think of the three of us on this episode, I'm the only one who really cares about standard right now. Um, so just to give you guys a preview of what's coming out in the pro tour, unless someone has just brewed something just ridiculous, uh, the Sahili decks are here to stay. Yeah. Oh my Uh, gosh. Yeah. They, uh, definitely put up, I think they were four of the top eight.
2: I think it was three and a Jeskai control, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, And it ended up winning the open. So even though it was an extremely known quantity, um, the deck just gets there sometimes. And yeah,
2: I mean, when you can just win the game.
0: Oh, yeah. Like you have a losing board position and then it's like, oh, but I have what is it? Six mana. Yeah, I have six mana. Look at that. I win. Um, Yeah. Two card combos are hilarious um it
1: it should run seven mana oh no six mana because you bounced the land with the cat right yep yep yep. (laughs) wow that's very good yeah um
0: between the the Sahili deck and the black green decks of various uh flavors uh those are really two the big uh contenders for the pro tour um like any you know new brew or new deck that the uh pro team's are trying to come up with, uh, like, that's the litmus test.
2: So I will say they banned Emrakul. Yeah. In an attempt to neuter the Black Green deck. Yep. And it did. I mean, it neutered it. But it has created this problem where now if you're playing against Black Green and they're just grinding you down. Yeah. They can't just win. They don't just go, oh, I win now. So you end up in these really long matches, it looked like. I watched part of the top eight. I was like, okay, well, just do something. But now they don't have the finisher. So,
0: like, I'm kind of, I'm still okay with that.
2: I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I don't like playing long matches.
0: Well, so I would argue that most, most of the matches for the black green decks are probably quicker without Emrakul. Because the entire deck itself is just far more aggressive than the old decks. Yeah. So, like, the old Delirium decks, like, you, to get, like, an aggressive start was, like, double Grim flare, you know, into Kalitas. Kalitas! Yeah. And that, you know, that's your strongest opening. Where uh, these decks play, what is it? I think my version has 12, two drops? Um, Seems about right and all of your cards really scale at all points in the game. Um so sometimes you just like curve out and they can't do anything where the old delirium deck's like it was basically I'm going to grind you out with spiders until you concede. Um which was kind of miserable.
2: Like maybe.
0: How, like how many I just
2: like to know it's over. When it's over, I just want to know it's over.
0: Well, when you have the um uh, the winding constrictor and then you cast a Gear Hulk. Silly things happen. So <laughs> it's it's like, do you have removal? Otherwise, every creep like I have four creatures, and each of them is getting three counters. So that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I find interesting, if this kind of metagame persists, um, it's going to be a pretty clear indicator of how WotC is going to be handling the new, uh. Ban announcements like how trigger happy are they going to be, at least in my opinion?
2: Yeah, I, when they said they're going to start bannings five weeks after the pro tour and like several weeks before, also, yeah, you know, man, they are they already rotate, mo- they used to rotate modern, okay, right. they've forced the rotation with bannings, uh, birthing pod and splinter twin, two best examples I can think of. Um, do you see any reason they don't do this to standard?
1: I mean, Um,
0: standard, I don't think they can personally. Why? Um, Because it with modern, like the ban list was always there. And it's sort of like as a modern player, like from the very beginning, like from the first time I picked up a modern deck, uh, it was clear that the format would be governed by a yearly ban announcement, which is normally... When I first started, it was right before the Modern Pro Tour. You know, like, the BNR announcement before the Modern Pro Tour in, you know, late January, early February was yeah. always, you know, okay, let's see what happens. Like, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's... But that hasn't been standard. Um, like but these, it is
2: now. You have eight bannings a year.
0: You have eight announcements a year. Yes. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean eight, you know, bannings. Like, in Modern... Um, like it was basically a one year thing right everyone knew that every band announcement that wasn't the winter announcement was going to have no changes unless until we hit Eldrazi and even then they had because <laughs> of how it released they had to wait until the winter one um, right
1: i think maybe this is more of a a way to enable them to fix problems when they do occur without the format getting uh too stale or too unhappy for a lot of the players, right? If they open up more chances to ban things, if anything does become a problem, then they have a faster way to react to it.
0: Right. And that's what I hope it happens. But for me, the question is, what do they consider a broken format? Uh, Because again, like going back to modern, there's at least some guidelines, even though they rarely stick to them. You know, like we have some expectations for what can be banned, what shouldn't be banned, you know, like where they want the format to be. And Mm -hmm. with Standard, there's not clear guidelines, you know? Yeah. Um, And so that's why I'm kind of nervous, like leading into the five-week mark after the Pro Tour, uh, just how trigger-happy are they going to be? Like if the Sahili deck is, makes up, I don't know, let's say like, you know, 40% of the top 32 of the constructed side of the Pro Tour. Like is that too much? Thirty percent. Thirty percent is what you think.
2: I think thirty percent is too much.
0: Okay. I
2: think if you start creeping over twenty five percent, it starts to get bad. Maybe you don't need to ban anything, but it starts to get bad. Right. Once you do stupid things like Eldrazi at seventy percent. Yeah. Of yeah, that's that. Yeah.
0: Then it's
2: real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's broken. Yep. Twenty five percent, thirty percent is not broken. There's a dominant deck, uh, Callblade, sixty five, seventy percent broken. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's what I'm really worried about. You know, they have these standard bannings. in hopes to fix the format, and you know, I'm happy with the ones that they chose. But you know, are we still in a bad place? And that's.
2: I don't. I don't. I don't think we're in a bad place. I don't. I don't think we have actually seen the best deck. We've seen a modified version of Green Black. Yeah. It's good.
0: It's a rock. But it's not. Like, it's the rock, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's just a pile of good cards that actually have synergies, which, you know, so. But each card is. I can cast it by itself and be fine and be very happy. We have
2: the Sahili deck that has its vulnerabilities. Straight up, it does. Yeah. Uh, Fatal Push is a good answer. Um
0: uh only like fatal push is actually really hard to turn on in standard like it's Hmm. surprisingly difficult to uh, revolt it yeah um, in the decks that want to Uh, play it
2: so since i've been playing modern i've been having everything fatal pushed and i always forget that it has revolt because it's almost irrelevant
0: yeah you just have fetch lands right like
2: yeah yeah everyone (laughs) um Okay, so it may not be as good an answer as I think, but there are answers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like, mean, as everyone, saw at like, the... yeah,
0: there's tons of tons of ways to interact with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of concerned. I want nothing to change, unless like the Pro Tour is just horrendous. Um, but I think there's still enough play. Like there need what I think there needs to be a third deck that comes out of the Pro Tour, and I don't think people have discovered that third deck. So yeah, I think you'll see it.
2: Um... I don't know if it's going to be an aggro deck, so I could see a... I don't know. Is a big mana deck viable?
0: Um, so, though, I think the one thing that hasn't really shown back up yet is, like, a Marvel deck, like an Aetherworks Marvel, which would be the, the quote, big mana deck of the format. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if you're looking to play the big mana creatures, like uh, Worldbreaker, Ulamog, the ones that are left... Uh, Aetherworks Marvel is probably the best way to go about it. Yep. Because um, there's not a good... There's no good ramp left in the format, I think, with um, what we have. So
2: Yeah. Well, is the Aetherworks deck good against the Jeskai deck? I would, And if the, if the answer is no, it's dead in the water.
0: Well, I mean, that would be... That would complete the triangle, though, right? Because ideally, the the black-green deck's beat up on the Jeskai deck. Like, it's like Jund and Splinter Twin all over again. Like, that's literally how the matchup plays. Do you... Yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know it used to be good against the black-green deck, right?
0: Uh, No. No, like, okay. as a, as a Jun player, like, anytime they were trying to cast Deceiver Exarchs, my I was so happy.
2: No, 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 I'm talking about standards still.
0: Oh, no, no, no. So, the... No, because... Like, the pure control decks, right, have an okay time against the rock decks, um, but it's really hard to match their card quality. Like, there are some cases where a Tyler's Tracker draws you more cards than the blue deck can draw, uh, which is, to me, hilarious. But um, So, normally... So, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just thinking, uh, do any of you remember the the standard where Splinter Twin was was legal in, in a standard environment? Because I'm wondering... Why it doesn't didn't cause as much of a stir up, but I think that that was during the Callblade time, right? it was right? during Callblade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the reason that Splinter Twin wasn't great before, when there's a better version of the combo deck going around right now, is is because there is a more bannable deck.
0: That and like with, I feel Callblade never having played the deck, but from like looking at old lists, it's very much a very grindy value kind of deck. Um. And most Splinter Twin-style decks, including, like, the Sahili deck we have now, have trouble with that. Um, I see. So, because normally the, like, the Splinter Twin-style decks are not made to go very long. Like, they can be control a little controlling when they need to be. But at the end of the day, they still need to find their combo, like, relatively quickly and deploy it. Um, and the black-green decks are just better at going over the top of them they have just better quality cards and can gotcha. and normally have enough disruption or more than enough disruption uh, to deal with it so like I said I'm really curious to see how things play out uh, it's funny to me that the uh, the Jeskai decks dominated the open while the black green decks dominated the standard classic um, like the top 8 dis- yeah uh, they
2: all got knocked out of the open
0: yeah my question is ha, why ha, what ha. though you know just guy? Maybe. I don't know. Um, all the times that I saw like the black green deck on camera, uh it seemed to be doing very well. So it's one of those weird things where uh coverage does not line up with the results, you know? Like just the feature matches that you get to see uh don't really follow exactly what's going on with the rest of the field. Yeah, no. So right. uh <laughs> did you guys see the modern classic results?
1: I was just looking at them.
0: So, Joe, would you like to take a guess as to what won the modern classic?
2: Um you know, I looked at this yesterday and I feel like it was Ad Nauseum.
0: Uh close. Ad nauseum actually placed eleventh. Uh put a copy in the top sixteen. Uh, Hang
2: on. Obviously I can't remember. Um what placed first in modern? It wasn't Zoo. That finished out of the top ten. Yeah. I really thought it was Ad Nauseum. No, what was it?
0: It was Grishol brand. <laughs> Oh yeah. Dorio's okay. vengeance is back, baby. Like Yeah. I guess everyone oh, thinks that Dredge is dead, so the graveyard hate is at an all time low. So putting Grizzlebrand into play, you know, as early as turn two, I can get that's a game plan I can get behind.
2: As early as turn two?
0: Yeah. Or actually turn you can turn one, sorry.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I think he was playing Spirit Guides.
0: Yes he was. So Yeah. <laughs> what a
2: dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for him, man. Seriously. Yeah. I'm all about this turn one combo. But uh, Me too.
0: I'm thinking about yeah, building no, th- this
2: deck. I think I thought it was ad nauseum because I thought it was a good deck. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. Uh, no, I'm just playing.
1: <laughs> I think it's fair. That's very I mean, fair. It's very
2: fair. It's a good deck, but I mean, I don't know. It's a good deck.
0: <laughs> so... Between uh, this week's Modern Classic and last week's, it seems like uh, some combo decks are starting to work their way back into the metagame without the super uh, hyper-aggressive decks sort of pushing them down. We need to fix that, boys. You mean by playing more combo? Because that's what I intend to do. Uh,
2: I'm going to play Zoo. Are you? Wanna... Yeah.
0: Oh my god, is that... Alright, please describe this Zoo deck for me, because it's, it's so <laughs> near, like... Uh... I'm in love with this U deck. Okay.
2: Um, I don't want to ruin it while we're going through these modern results. You want me to wait or just do it now?
0: Well, that's the only like big result that I had from the Classic. Was that okay. you know, Ad Nauseam and Grishul Brand are making their returns. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Because uh, the rest, uh, Abzan Company showed back up. Um, Mono
2: Blue turns got 16th.
0: Oh my god. I know. What in the world's going on? We're living in a beautiful time, gentlemen
2: i don't believe it um so yeah sorry back to zoo um there was a zoo deck that got 13th place
0: uh-huh yeah i'm looking at
2: it, it now it played a couple of new cards it let me did. rephrase it played a new card yes that new card uh i forget what it was
0: uh narnam renegade
2: okay not the one i expected I think it's a 2-1 one for 1 or a 1-2 for 1.
0: It's a 1-2 for 1 with Revolt. Uh, okay. So when it enters the battlefield, you gets a plus-1 counter. Uh, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield that turn. So it turns okay. into Kurt Ape if you, you know, fetch.
2: So it's a bad Curt Okay. Yeah. So his deck is only playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 lands that produce mana. So, I've been playing a version online, trying to get ready for regionals. Uh-huh. And I only play five lands that produce mana. Because I want to play <laughs> 13 fetch lands. Okay. So, okay. Here's my deck list. Roughly. I don't, I don't remember it 100%. Four experiment one. Four goblin guide. Four wild Nacatl. Okay. I think those are all my one drops. Two drops. Four burning tree. No surprise. The new card. Four... Uh, Hidden Herbalist. Ooh, what is that card So it's, it's a burning tree with Revolt. Um, Oh, yes. Except it produces two green mana. Okay. Four, four reckless Bushwhackers, and four of the new green and colorless, if Revolts, it gets two plus one plus one counters, and it's a two one. Uh, Green Wheel Mechanic or something. Okay. Yeah. So, I played a guy... I don't know if I sent y'all this picture. I played a guy the other day and went, (laughs) first turn, experiment one, second turn, burning tree, burning. So burning tree, hidden herbalist, burning tree, bushwhacker,
0: kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my
1: God.
2: It's just, it's eight burning tree burn. I mean, you're like, I'm doing it, boys. I got some burn spells. I mean, you have creatures, you play four, I mean, burn spells, you play four targets Command, I play four Tarkus Command, four Lightning Bolt, and two Path main deck. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: so the I like turn it. Two,
2: when they when they on turn one don't do anything relevant, and you're like, neat. Turn two, now I have five creatures on the board and no cards in hand.
1: I no, mean, it it's does. hard to
2: come back from that. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't play the Bushwhacker, the Bushwhacker makes it broken. But even if you don't, if you end the turn, passing turn with say two two twos. A four four, and a four three. You're doing pretty good.
1: <laughs> Essentially, what dredge was doing, right? Uh,
2: it's yes, it's not as consistent as dredge. Basically, right. this makes zoo more swingy because zoo without burning tree was sort of slow sometimes.
0: Yeah, you had no... zoo
2: with burning tree much quicker. Well, now it can go explosive, or you might just not draw them, and you're just still kind of slow. And you really don't want to draw the herbalist like four turns in. It's not very good all of a sudden.
1: But
0: yeah.
2: it'll let you explode. It'll let you do bad things.
1: <laughs> Looks pretty sweet. I'm liking it. Yeah. I mean, so. I got,
0: like this is what blows my mind, right? Like, I top-aided a PPTQ playing just the Burning Tree version. Like, this is before bushwh- Bushwhackers were printed. Um, so... Like Joe, I want you to play this deck at regionals so badly.
2: Um, if I get to go to regionals, I will. Uh, I'm gonna pick up the cards either tomorrow. If I if I'm in North Carolina and I have a break, I'll run by Hillside Games and grab them.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. If I don't have a break, I'll get them Wednesday at CM when I get off work. Uh, CM Games, where if you use promo code from the bench, you can get, I think, five percent off.
0: Yeah. yeah on yeah, all yeah. singles. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that. Yep. In the show notes. Okay so i'll play it. i'll play it okay so if for some reason you don't go to regionals can i play the deck if you want to play the deck
2: you can play it just
0: uh let me borrow a deck i don't care i mean you can play i have ad nauseum that's all i got
2: I have no idea how to play it, so just wrap me up a uh, little guide, and we'll give it a shot.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, no, no,
0: no.
2: Well, at OCM,
1: you just don't do anything for the first few turns, and then you oh, wait, up.
2: hey, 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 you can play it, and I'll play Boggles.
1: <laughs> no, don't <laughs> let him do it.
0: Oh, oh. I mean, how good <laughs> well, are you are stomping mid-range decks in Tron? Like that's the real question.
2: Tron eats your lunch. Uh, mid-range decks, eh, whatever. Like wait, Tron. Bo- wait, wait, wait. You're saying Boggles
0: can't beat Tron?
2: Can't beat Tron? No, it has a really hard time.
0: Interesting. Uh,
2: Ugin and Oblivion Stone are real bad for you.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, no, no, no. I'd teach you how to play Ad Nauseam if that was going to be the deal. Okay, but, okay. But I'm not okay. going to take away the deck you've been practicing with.
2: Yeah. Hey, no. log into my Moto account and give it some runs. It's it's pretty fun.
0: Oh, I but will.
2: I got to run take care of something. I'll be back in about
0: five minutes. Okay. Um... So Alan, are you gonna be playing at Regionals?
1: I think I am. Um we've got I think I think John is going to be there too. I yeah. saw that he might be in Atlanta.
0: Yep, we're all um, coming down.
1: Oh, you guys are all coming down? Oh no way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the that is the closest regionals. So this weekend we will be um, at least uh Chris and I will be in Atlanta. Uh hopefully Joe gets to go.
1: Wow, how fantastic. I thought I thought there was a uh a regionals up in Knoxville as well. Nope. Um very cool so i think it's it is at wasteland correct
0: yes that is who i paid money to like i (laughs) pre-registered all right
1: good then i hope it's there um yeah i am planning on going um i don't know what deck i'm planning on playing if i don't know if this is a good uh if this classic is a good indicator of where the format is heading right now Uh i'm not really sure what to take from it um i'm Definitely thinking about fish. I'll probably end up playing fish. Yeah, because I always play fish. But <laughs> with the new Fatal Push coming around, I don't know uh, how worried I should be about that. If it just alter my main board, throw some Kiras in, um, or perhaps just bring Eldrazi, because I think Eldrazi is pretty favorable against against the push decks.
0: Uh, it is so. Um, I think I was having this conversation uh, with Chris. And he was sort of in the same spot. His choices were either Tron or Eldrazi. Um, and the conclusion that I come to with how everything is sort of shaping up. Um, so the push decks are going to be very popular. So your Abzans, your Juns, uh, Esper, Grixis Control, all that fun stuff. Going to be very popular uh, this weekend. Uh, simply because if you're trying to attack with creatures, normally the creatures you're attacking with in modern... All die to fatal push, right? Um, Like it, fatal push, and the decks that run it just sort of win against all the like super aggro decks. Uh, they have really good matchups against you know like affinity, uh, what's left of death shadow zoo, and uh the blue red prowess deck. Um, Oh yeah. So my thing is, is that if so, like I, I think like the level one deck are all the push decks. So, to next level them, you want to be playing Tron. Like, you just want to go over the top of them and hope that there are enough push decks in the room to keep all the super aggressive ones down. Um, so, that's where I think, because he was like, you know, Eldrazi or Tron. And I was like, well, how's your Tron matchup with Eldrazi? So, what do you think your Eldrazi matchup is like, or your Tron matchup is with Eldrazi?
1: My Tron matchup with Eldrazi? I'm not sure. Eldrazi is a deck that I haven't really played. I know that Fish has can have kind of a hard time especially with like the red variants when they when they run the pyroclasms main board um but i'm not i'm not entirely sure you know we we talk about all this and uh i'm thinking now maybe maybe now's a good time to bust out noran sisters and just
0: <laughs> just
1: play play some shenanigans norin can't get fatally pushed you know and he dodges all the removal
0: no he cannot and normally all of the quote fair decks have a really hard time with uh the norin sisters
1: it's mostly a joke but it is it is sitting in my cabinet so i could bust that out and just try to have fun during regionals (laughs) so are you are you going to be playing ad nauseum at the tournament
0: uh 90 sure on that Unless, for some reason, Joe's unable to go, and that leaves the Burning Tree deck open, because, oh my god, do I love casting that card. Um, Oh yeah,
1: that does seem really fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's a very strong urge. Like, one, after I play a little bit of it on Moto, just to go out and buy the deck, because, that deck has always had just a soft spot in my heart. Especially playing against, like, all the mid-range decks, because it's just like, I have five creatures on the board, and you have a bunch of Lightning Bolts. And that's not great for you,
1: right? Um, which one? Which one do you bolt?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have five two twos. Please, lightning bolt something. I dare you. Um, <laughs> or when the blue decks don't have the spell snare, that's always the best.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: like you just you play your second land, and you just like I'm gonna cast a burning tree emissary, and your opponent, you know, your Grixis opponent, just sort of looks at you and lets it resolve. And it's like, oh, you have no idea what you've just done.
1: <laughs> Should've used the spell snare. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, d- I don't know what the what I should be expecting to go into it. I think um I don't know. There's not a lot of results that have been put up since the since the recent bans and since Aether Revolt has been put out. Right. I think there's only been like a couple classics to look at.
0: Yeah. There's just been the two classics. Uh, this week's and the last. Um, the Moto data is slowly coming in um and it has it uh last i checked i think this morning uh the mid-range decks were definitely like running hot uh let's see so yeah Tip affinity it. abzan tron jund are the top 4 on goldfish right now
1: i see yeah then i i'll probably just go with what i know and uh and then start altering my main board for it i have heard of some some lists running uh what do they run they run the Vendillion clicks in the main board instead of Kira's, actually, which is kind of interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: Um, And that gives you a way to interact with your worst matchup, which is Affinity, um, and then also just take their most relevant threat in their hand. Yeah. Um, And then another popular thing with the Tron decks running around is uh, running your standard four spreading Cs and then like an extra four or three uh, Cs claim in the sideboard for your tectonic edge type cards. <laughs> that's so I don't know. I think, I think I'll try to do something like that. Just keep playing Merfolk. Maybe try to pull results up with it someday.
0: Yeah. I'll keep grinding it out. Hey, every now and then, man, that deck just spikes something.
2: Yeah. It's a good deck. It's a very solid deck.
0: As a formal, former Merfolk player?
2: Reformed. Reformed. Is, uh, oh, that's, reformed. The proper,
0: that's the proper term. My bad.
2: Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm actually still a member of the uh, merfolk reddit so
0: what's the name of the uh, merfolk reddit
2: fish mtg okay. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i wish all any One, of my subreddits had fancy names
2: yeah once you're a fish person i mean even you know you're just a fish person
1: it's that's true. true that's
2: fair i will i will honestly say if i had beta lords of atlantis i would play merfolk again
0: how much are beta lords of atlantis
2: a couple hundred i think oh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'll look it up real fast, Mm -hmm. but they're they're more than I need to pay.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No me gusta on that one. So um, the last event that caught my eye from this past week, uh, Joe, I know you sometimes keep track of it, but uh, did you see the vintage challenge uh, that most recently happened?
2: I did not. And beta lords are $250. (laughs) Yeah, I get wrecked. Seriously? No, I didn't see the Vintage Challenge. Was it Moto Challenge?
0: Yes. Uh, oh,
2: the the moxon event. Uh, yeah. Power Nun challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I think Aaron Campbell played Dredge in that.
0: What? Uh, yeah, Dredge had... Dredge did really well, actually. Um, it's a me- very good deck. Would you like to know probably why <laughs> Dredge did so well? Because um, there were four copies of Shop's decks in the top eight.
2: Well... So to be fair, in vintage, there are a bunch of different builds of shops. Yeah, that's true. They're I mean, they're now you even have they call it either car shops or hot wheel shops. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. But I mean, yeah, that's still a lot. And you so, can't ban workshop or you can't even restrict workshop. No, you cannot. So
0: just a bunch of silly artifacts getting banned. So uh we can officially add a new silly artifact to the shops, uh Armory, you could say. Mm-hmm. So uh looking at all the shops lists that made the top eight, and really all the shops lists that were listed in like the top thirty-two, I think is what they posted. Uh walking ballista put sixteen copies into the top eight alone.
2: Yeah, that yep. stupid.
0: Yep. Like they're just like, Oh man, we get to play four more triskelions? Yes, please. Yeah. And with the mana that deck can generate, like a lot of times it's just better than Triskelion.
2: Yeah, Triscillion eventually dies. This thing... Never I mean,
0: has to die.
2: Okay, so a couple weeks ago... Yeah, it never has to die. You pump four mana into it, which is like your turn one, so it comes down as a 2-2. Yep. Um. Yeah, next turn you can make it a 4-4.
0: Now, I'm <laughs> not 100% on this. Can Shops' mana be used for artifact abilities?
1: I believe so. Let me, look at it. Let, me, let me look it up and make sure. I don't think it can. Last time I played the Vintage
0: Cube...
2: To I, cast artifacts, uh, no, yeah, didn't. but it can be used to cast walking ballista on turn one as a two-two, uh, um, as a one-one. No, you
0: just play another Mox. You then you have four mana. you have to play, have to play. oh, because that's right, it gives three. Yeah, yeah, dumb card. Uh, it's a really good.
2: Yep, yeah. So yeah, the Ravenger Shops deck has turned into more of like a Hot Wheels deck. It plays the Fleet Wheel Cruisers. It plays walking ballistas. I mean, yeah,
0: that, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really happy I never bought into vintage on Moto.
2: Um, I'm still looking at doing it. So,
0: well, it's basically like building a paper legacy deck.
2: No, you can build freaking dredge in there for like 300 bucks. So, can't do that in paper. But, um, uh, no, like a couple weeks ago, I was ranting about what was the card? I already forgot the storm card. Um uh, mm-hmm. Paradoxal outcome. Uh, paradoxical
0: or outcome, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that card is was very busted, still is, probably still needs to be restricted. Um four mana, do everything again. Like it just it, it wins the game. Yeah. Probably needs restricted, but after that event, it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> very hard to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the shop's got a new tool to combat all that nonsense. Oh,
2: yeah. Jess Guy Mentor is still twenty percent of the field, so well Well, you say you say that, but the shops decks, the Ravenger shops, is like twenty five percent of the field. So I know. Like vintage is just
0: a weird place right now.
2: Yeah, it is. What I
0: want to do is tinker for time vault Joe.
2: You can do that. (laughs) I mean, that is something you can do. It's not the best thing you can be doing.
0: And that and blows that is my mind. That's a weird
2: place to be. Yeah. That
0: blows my mind. Taking infinite turns is not a good place to be right now.
2: Yeah. Trying to take infinite turns. You very rarely are going to get there right now. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Interesting. Interesting is a uh, deck that went 4 2 in the Vintage Challenge. Uh-huh. I don't know who played it, but it was playing three Walking Ballista. This is main deck. Yeah. Three Walking Ballista, four Thought Not Seer, four Smashers. Um, for Thalia, for Eldrazi to pl- Displacer. Oof. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No workshops. Huh. Ancient Tombs, Cavern of Souls, Eldrazi Temples, Caracas, Wastelands,
0: and Stripmon. Yeah. I would, I would and imagine supplies. with the Eldrazi package, you would want to skew it more towards the Eldrazi lands over the shops. Yeah. But it's
2: like, right, is this a place we're really at where. You can just play, like, basically Legacy Eldrazi. Uh huh. I mean, he did have the Power Nine in the deck. Uh, he had all the Mox and then a Lotus in the deck. But is that really where we are? Where it's like, yeah, just play the Lotuses and the Mox and a bunch of Eldrazi and you'll be
0: fine. Thought Knot and Reality Smasher are stupid magic cards.
2: Smasher, I think, is average. Or it's above average. It's pushed, but it's not. Th- Thought Knots here stupid. Oh, for sure like the exile the card especially in vintage where you may only have one yeah
0: exile that
2: so yeah, yeah. i I really want to get into vintage um
0: oh it's always been like, a pipe dream i don't know how again big of
2: one. i want to get into it again
0: are we no uh-huh. i'll i'll revisit that topic in like another year or so okay <laughs> that's fair i just built a legacy deck joe okay <laughs> Baby,
2: steps. yeah, but I think if you built a vintage deck, you could win vintage championships,
0: or right? Hear me out, though.
2: You could if, buy a house,
0: Draw your or choice. I could buy a house, or we go to vintage champs anyway, right? Uh huh. And I just play Reanimator in the challenge and get a free set of moxen because I won the thing with Reanimator. What graveyard hate exists in this format outside of the stuff? Um,
2: I will eat my hat if you do that is that the appropriate response?
0: I think it is. Okay. So when's the next when's vintage? When's uh Eternal Weekend?
2: Comes up uh late summer early fall.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Actually, I think this year was late fall.
0: Yeah, I remember it being fairly late in the season. Yeah.
2: Maybe it's the NYSC that was then. I don't know. There's only a few big vintage events.
0: Yeah. We'll f- we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh so uh one thing that has really got me excited, especially for this weekend, is that they finally announced all of the team rosters um, and all I have to say is I don't know if you guys have taken a look at them all, but uh, I really, really hope that these teams sell their jerseys like for profit like i want i I want it so bad I
2: mean, I'm sure they will i I'm very disappointed that none of them named themselves Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> I was why, just really I was really hoping
0: Why would they do that Joe?
2: I'm a Hufflepuff Okay And I need more Hufflepuffs like me
0: <laughs> I don't even know what house I belong to
2: So I was very disappointed I was on Think Geek the other day And I saw these Harry Potter ties With the house uh si- Insignia on them The sigil Yeah They don't make Hufflepuff They make the other three
1: Yeah I don't me. think Hufflepuff was ever really mentioned that much in the in the movies, Joe. Sorry, man.
2: Yep. Story of my life.
1: I don't even know how you can figure out that you belong in Hufflepuff when there's well, not. I know, I don't, I, know I don't on. belong
2: in the other three.
1: So. Oh, there you go. Maybe you're just not a wizard. Ooh, are you, <laughs> you take a that back.
2: You take that back.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> can we
2: kick Alan off the team? I mean, it does require a unanimous vote. Yeah, John will never vote for it.
1: I'd vote for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dang! well
0: until next week
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah have you guys seen these teams like the makeup of them at all yes Uh read
2: through the entire list and there are some very stacked teams
0: uh, team puzzle quest all the way
2: <sighs> so I thought you were going to say channel fireball ice but
0: oh they're strong second in my mind
2: so, run, run down those two rosters, because I think those are really the two you need to be watching.
0: Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Let's see. Uh, Channel Fireball Ice, captained by Paulo Vitor Madarosa, uh with Mike Siegrist, Joel Larson, Ben Stark, Andre Stratsky, and Eric Froelich. So, yeah, um, three Hall of Famers uh, and three Pro Tour champions. Um, and... <laughs> And there's a little bit of overlap between those two statistics. So, yeah, definitely uh, a very strong contender. Uh, And to be quite honest, before the final uh, team rosters were made public, uh, when Fireball Ice announced, I thought they were easily um, the ones to win.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I was right there with you. Um, I still think they might be.
0: Well, I thought that until... Oh, of course, it's uh, Team Puzzle Quest was announced. Uh, mm-hmm. Captained by Reed Duke with Owen Tartanwald, William Hue- Huey Jensen, John Finkel, Andrew Cunio, and Paul Rietzel. I
1: mean, they're okay. <laughs> so you get yeah, the... they're they're just fine.
0: <laughs> they're just average. I mean, mm.
1: if, yeah.
2: If you have to be on a team, you might as well be on a team with them.
0: So. I do believe all of them are Pro Tour Champions.
2: Do you mean to tell you what they're not? What's that? Hufflepuff material.
0: Uh I don't know. Finkel might be Hufflepuff.
2: No, he's Slytherin. Is he? Yeah. I just feel it. What about Duke? Oh, read Duke. He's Gryffindor. He's the good guess.
0: Uh how about Huey? Gryffindor. Cuneo.
2: Hmm. I don't really know. He is probably huh. I'll have to think about him.
0: Okay, okay. Paul Rietzel.
2: I never... Ritzel's he's
1: probably Slytherin. <laughs> he, he he seems like a Slytherin.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So I'm, I'm looking at the team list too, and I'm looking at the top-level team, kind of interested in watching them play.
0: Yes. Um, Craig
1: Busco, Patrick Chapman, BBD.
0: Yep. Um, that is definitely going to be... A pre- a very good team, um, but so to in my mind, like Ice and Puzzle Quest, and probably what is it D three, the other Puzzle Quest squad, like the rest of the Pantheon, uh, D three go are, and some of the Japanese teams are very very strong.
1: Mm, yeah. Oh wow.
0: Um. Although, uh, some people were talking about it, and I kind of agree. I find it odd. Um, that, so the American, all the American teams, if they had, um, multiples, like, uh, like the same testing teams from old sort of split everything up. Um, they very much, uh, designated like an A team, a B team, a C team kind of thing. Uh, where the Japanese just kind of spread the love around. Like there's not really like the all-star Japanese team. Um, like all of the good players are spread out. Even though, like, some of them are under, like, the same banner. Like, they're all sponsored by, like, Haryu or something.
2: It's not the worst strategy. Uh-huh. And you only have to be in the top two. So, I don't know. Like, I believe in diversification. But, yeah, I guess if you're shooting for top two, that's per- that doesn't seem to be the best idea.
0: Yeah. Um, I've also found it pretty hilarious. So, uh, as you guys know, I checked Twitter quite a bit, um, and, uh, one of the things that I found hilarious was that, uh, Pantheon and CFB were really the only ones, uh, promoting themselves. Um, yeah. so, like, almost every day since the announcement, it's, like, been one of the members of the Pantheon saying, telling me how great Puzzle Quest is. <laughs> Seems so, about right. Yeah. I really wonder, um... And then other people making fun of them for, like, plugging their sponsorship. Um, um,
2: that's what you do when you have a sponsor, such as Card Monster Games. Uh, <laughs>
0: where you can say 5% with promo code from the bench. Just bench. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Just bench. Again, it'll be yeah. in the show notes.
2: From um, the bench was too long to be a promo code. It was. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this makes me really excited for the Pro Tours this year. Uh, If nothing else, uh, to see and track my favorite players and my favorite teams. Uh, So hopefully, even if they make a really bad standard format, uh, I have something to actually (laughs) pay attention to. So, I mean, really, that's what I hope comes of this. Like, regardless of the cards being played, uh, I have a reason to actually watch the Pro Tours every time.
2: Kind of like, you know, people that love their NBA team, even in 2004 when the NBA was horrible. Oh, yeah. They still watched.
0: Yeah. Like... Um, I can be a pretty decent sports fan when I want to be. Like if I have people who keep up with it with me. And yeah, yeah. now that Magic teams are a thing, like this is my this is this is my game. Like I'm ready for this.
2: I'm pretty excited for it. I just really hope John Finkel wins every Pro Tour this year. Oh, it's all so, I want. I'd be. So it's all I want. Oh my gosh. I want. I'm, I'm a, I want unless Kibler plays.
0: Well, he's lone wolfing it. He's not on a team, so.
2: Well, that's because he doesn't play much anymore. Yeah.
0: But uh I w yeah, I want Finkel to win all the Pro Tours and I want Pekula to get in the Hall of Fame. Those are yep. those are the magic goals for professional magic this year.
2: I would love to see Pekula in the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh I'm done And I'd like,
2: also learn love to learn how to say his name correctly.
0: Pekula.
2: Pekula Yola. Yeah, I can't do it. Um but he's a great guy. Oh so. yeah.
0: I'm so happy he's back on the ballot. So Well, uh, that's all I have. Do you guys have any final thoughts for us? I have one
2: last complaint. I saved it for the very end.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: GP Prague.
0: The guy that won.
2: I don't know who it was. He beat some scrub named Paulo or something. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. By the way, Paulo played two decks in day one. Because when pros open masterpieces, they do what they want. So he had this super aggressive deck and then this grindy blue-black control deck. Oh, my God. He switched on camera. It was pretty amazing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Apollo. But the guy that won, good, good on him. Good for winning. Um, I'm very happy for him. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they played. And I'm not sure who is putting who put the event on. But the trophy was sitting right there on the table as they played. Kind of like the World Series poker. They dump all the money on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So the trophy is right there. The game's over. There's the handshake we all been waiting for. Yay, we have our winner, blah, blah, blah. Paulo packs his stuff up kind of hastily. I guess he's ready to go eat or something. Sure. Uh, shakes the guy's hand again. He's conversing with him, so I assume he's saying, hey, good job, congratulations, see you at the Pro Tour, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Paulo gets up and leaves. Some guy comes over, picks up the trophy, and like hands it to him, gives him a pat on the shoulder, and walks off. Huh. And it's like that that's that that's it. Like where where's the pomp and circumstance? Like yeah, no, where's like, the ceremony? interview or they did a winner's interview afterward. But it's like you just gonna walk up to him and be like, Here's your trophy, good, good job. Well, like, come on. Make a presentation out of this thing.
0: Well I think that's indicative of like most Grand Prix though, right? Like
2: Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think it should be. If you want this to be a consumer sport, put some put some celebrity behind it yeah Put. Some, i mean even have you ever watched pro fishing? nobody cares about pro fishing except i have a friend that's pro fisherman um but man <laughs> they they have a lot of ceremony weighing in, you know you know what I mean
0: yeah, no, I gotcha I think that'd be pretty just, cool like they do it for the pro tour right is it yeah,
1: we need more theatrics,
0: yeah, I think that does indeed wrap us up uh Alan, do you have any final thoughts? <laughs>
1: No, I think I'm good. I'm looking at buying in the Merfolk on MTGO after hearing you guys talk about stuff. It's Uh-oh. fairly cheap. It is
2: cheap. Fairly cheap, yeah. Cavern of Souls costs a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, good
2: luck with that. Yeah. Send all your hate mail too.
0: Uh, send any questions, concerns, and hate mail addressed to Joe. Um uh, to the B team we are at gmail dot com. You can direct all your hateful Twitter uh to... <laughs> all your hateful tweets Uh, again to at the b team we are and again uh, make sure that's attention joe Um, and you can also find us on facebook under the same name and uh, hopefully you are listening to us on mtgcast.com you can also find us on the itunes store Uh, and we are now on stitcher uh, and soundcloud is where we're hosting and we're fancy yeah, we are <laughs> we're getting our act together, I guess you could say. <laughs> um so yeah. Uh let us know what you think. If you have any questions or comments, we'll be happy to answer them. And uh this upcoming weekend, if you happen to be in Atlanta for the Atlanta regionals at Wasteland Games, uh come by and say hi. Uh we'd love to talk to you. Um Yeah. Yep. Unless it's about politics, and unless it's we about don't. politics, and then leave that outside the magic store. This is sacred ground.
1: I'll just go talk <laughs> to Joe about that. He got you covered. Yeah, he's
0: the one in the red hoodie, B team with red letters. We're all color coded, so hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
2: I'll talk to you guys later.
1: Yeah. Have a good night, Joe.
2: See you, Alan. See you, Alex.
1: Until next time.
0: See you guys next week.
2: Thank God. Donald Trump fires acting attorney general.
1: Whoa. Going in. We haven't started the political podcast yet, Joe. That's next.
2: Look, I don't care. I support Donald Trump 100% because he's our president.
1: He's (laughs) costing
2: me money, guys. Yeah,
1: that was... Not not my president.
2: (laughs) He is your president. He is the president.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have fun editing this tonight.
1: All right. You don't have to edit this. Yeah, just <laughs> leave it as it is. Yeah. Let's let it roll into
2: a new podcast. Look, I was, if Hillary would have won, I would support her fully also. Because oh my she God, is our what are we president. doing? <laughs> it, it's not a matter of who is in the office. It's the respect for the office itself.
1: All I got to say is <laughs> Lord of Atlantis uh, 2020. <laughs> would have, <laughs> I, would, I would vote for that. Only if it's
0: and Kira the Great Glass Spinner 2020.
1: Yeah. Oh, it gives it protection from all your hate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh. Yep. Well, on that
1: note, I'm
2: getting off here. Uh, yeah. Uh so-